1: On the OHIO Podcast, we react to the retirement of Harry Miller and how Ryan Day saved his life. We discuss the first week spring practice press conferences from Ryan Day, Kevin Wilson, and Jim Knowles, plus Eric Interviews listener Justin Bowman, and that all starts right now.
2: proud
1: of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field.
2: Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, errors don't question who wins.
3: It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the
1: OHIO podcast. OH! IO! Welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, recording live from beautiful north central Ohio, where I am joined by my co hosts for today. Chris Wilds from Marion, Ohio. Say hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And Nick Delanitis, uh, also here from Delaware County, say hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. Little three man, little three man weave, and as you can tell, these guys are already uh, being a little on the, uh, uh, I guess whatever side you want to call that that they're just on, but they're gonna be a lot of fun to uh, to record with this afternoon. So. If you're not satisfied with pickup games and unranked matches, chances are you're aiming higher than most. As Spire, you'll train to be the best. Whether you're drawn to the pool, track, mat, basketball, quarter, gaming controller, we provide the training you need to achieve your dream. Make our facilities your home or take advantage of free transportation services. Are you ready to unlock your potential? Visit SpireCleveland.com today. Snarky. thats the word that was avoiding me there. My snarky co-host. But this first topic... We're not going to be snarky. We are going to be very, very serious, guys. Harry Miller is no longer going to be playing the sport of football. You have been wondering now for well over a year what is going on with the former uh, offensive guard at Ohio State, the 4.0 student known as a brilliant mind and a former five-star offensive line recruit, started in his second year at Ohio State, is no longer going to be playing football, and the reason behind this kind of shook uh, Buckeye Nation to its core a little bit, guys. Um, I've got the uh, actual article that – or or the um, post he made that I will read here in a little bit, but let's first start with just your initial reactions of the news that Harry Miller – Will not be playing football, and it is because not necessarily a physical ailment, but Harry Miller has been dealing with um depression on on a on a very deep level that almost took his life, and he's decided that his mental health is more important um than playing football so Chris, I'm gonna turn yeah. it over to you first and get your reaction before I read this letter here.
2: Well, Eric, let me tell you, this is something that is very, you know, personal to me. Um, I have uh, dealt with depression myself in the past. Uh, I've worked in the mental health field. Uh, First of all, let me say, thank God that Ryan Day was his coach. Because a lot of coaches, you know, you mentioned the letter and and we're going to bring it up. there's a perception that these guys have to be tough; they have to be strong, they can't show weakness uh and the mental health maybe isn't at the forefront of so, the the for some of these coaches um but Ryan Day really took charge uh, of the situation when when uh Miller came to him and addressed this issue um I'm very glad that he is getting the help that he needs. I'm very glad he's focusing on himself. Uh, I'm I'm happy for him that he was able to get this before it was too late. Uh, Again, uh, you know, it's, there's a perception, especially with athletes, especially with athletes at this level, and with men in general that showing anything, showing any sign of mental weakness is a sign that you're not tough. You know, this kid isn't not tough. This kid isn't a coward because he came forward. He's a hero because he came forward. Uh, He's going to be able to help other people once he gets his own situation squared around by what he did. And yes, it's very sad to see someone with all that talent walk away from the field. But at the same time, I do believe it's what's best for him. I do think it's a very positive thing. And I just wish this kid the best in the future. Uh, And like I said, I hope he knows how many people are going to look up to him for what he did. And his actions may very well save someone else's life down the road.
1: Nick Delanitis, let me get your initial reactions as well.
3: Um, I think it takes a very self-aware, self-conscious, you know, self-aware, very intelligent individual, um, and definitely not a coward at all to realize in himself that he needed help. And he went to the one person that he felt the most comfortable with, and reached out for that and got the help that he needed, which ultimately, as the letter that Harry released to all of us, we all know that it saved his life. Um, I think that for Harry to be able to do that, that, it takes a lot of courage and take, and like, you know, Chris said he's a hero. Um for you know going out there and reaching out for that help um you know mental health is nothing to be criticized about mm-hmm. or talked down upon um it's a very serious issue that I think that every single human being on this planet deals with at some point of their li- in their life um and when you are self aware and self conscious to be able to reach out for the help when you know you need it most, it's, you know, something that's, not, you know, that's that's very heroic because we've seen time and time again where people who struggle with these mental illnesses, they don't reach out for the help. And, you know, they are not as fortunate that, you know, like Harry Miller is, if they do reach out for the help, some of them aren't fortunate enough like Harry Miller is to have Ryan Day next to him and that aspect as well. Uh, uh,
2: Can I just say, too, when you read this letter, and Eric, like I said, I know you're going to read it here in a moment, I think that very first paragraph is so telling in that letter because he realizes that his life is lived in front of a camera because he is a top-notch athlete at a top-notch university. And He was worried. I don't know if I would say worried. He was aware of the perception of everyone's going to keep asking until someone discovers what's going on. And, you know, I I think it was very courageous of him to come forward and put this out there. Because, you know, I'll tell you what, we've seen it with injuries and everything else in the past. This wasn't going to come out from Ryan Day. No. This wasn't going to come out from a member of this coaching
1: staff. Nor should it.
2: And Nor should it, but he had the courage to bring this forward because I think he knows ultimately that his struggles, not only getting this out there is going to help him, but it may help other people.
1: Yeah. I think Ryan Day knew that this was coming out, though, because when asked on Tuesday about – um yeah specifically harry miller and, and a and a handful of others who weren't participating in that day's practice he lumped harry into an entire list of participants yes. who wouldn't be working uh, or wouldn't be uh, practicing this spring and of course the following day is when harry announced his retirement so here we go for those who've not read it uh let me read this letter to you buckeye nation from harry miller i am medically retiring I would not usually share such information. However, because I have played football, I am no longer afforded the privilege of privacy. So I will share my story briefly before more articles continue to ask what is wrong with Harry Miller. And and I can't remember if it was Eleven Warriors or Buckeye Scoop. I can't remember which one of those two. Actually, that was the title of the of the of their article. What is wrong with Harry Miller? So he quotes that in this. I mean, he obviously did not like that. <clears throat> he said, that is a good question. It is a good enough question for me not to know the answer, though I have asked it often. Prior to the season last year, I told Coach Day of my intention to kill myself. He immediately had me in touch with Dr. Candace and Dr. Norman, and I received the support I needed. After a few weeks, I tried my luck at football once again, with scars on my wrists and throat. Maybe the scars were hard to see with my wrist taped up. Maybe it was hard to see the scars through the bright colors of the television. Maybe the scars were hard to hear through all the talk shows and interviews. They are hard to see, and they are easy to hide, and they sure do hurt. There was a dead man on the television set, but nobody knew it. At the time, I would rather be dead than a coward. I'd rather be nothing at all than have to explain everything that was wrong. I was planning on being reduced to my initials on a sticker on the back of a helmet. I had seen people seek help before. I had seen the age-old adage of how our generation was softening by the second, but I can tell you my skin was tough. I had to be, but it was not tougher than the sharp metal of my box cutter, and I saw how easy it was for people to dismiss others by talking about how they were just a dumb college kid who didn't know anything. But luckily, I am a student in the College of Engineering. And I have a 4.0 and whatever accolades you might require. So maybe if somebody's hurt can be taken seriously for once, it can be mine. And maybe I can vouch for all the other people who hurt but are not taken seriously because for some reason pain must must have prerequisites. I, I struggle with that word. Sorry, I, I mispronounce that word all the time. Pre requests request. I can't say it Chris. as hard as I try. <laughs> prerequisites Anyways. prerequisites. Thank you. It's just – that's my doppelganger word right there. A person like me who supposedly has the entire world in front of them can be fully prepared to give up the world entire. This is not an issue reserved for the far and away. It is in our homes. It is in our conversations. It is in the people we love. I am not angry. I had to lose my anger because I did not know if God would forgive me if I went to him in anger. I did not know how the host of hosts would respond to my ultimately arrival – untimely arrival, sorry, and I did not want to tempt him. So in my sadness, I lost my anger and learned many things. I learned what color blood is through the tears in my eyes. I learned that the human ear cannot distinguish between the two when their drops hit a tiled floor. But above all, I learned love. The type of love that can only be pieced together by the mechanism of brutal sadness. And so I will love more than I can be hated or laughed at. For I know the people who are sneering need most the love that I was looking for. The cost of apathy is life, but the price of life is as small as an act of kindness. I am a life preserved by the kindness that was offered to me by others when I could not produce kindness for myself. We ask, how could this have happened? but that single question cannot absolve us of all the questions we might have asked while it was happening. I am grateful for the infrastructure coach day has put in place at Ohio state. And I am grateful that he's letting me find a new way to help others in the program. I hope, a- I hope athletic departments around the country do the same. If not for him and the staff, my words would not be a reflection. They would be evidence in a post mortem, man, that is strong right there. God bless those who love, God bless those who weep, and God bless those who hurt and only know how to share their hurt by anger, for they are learning to love with me. I am okay. There's all there's help always. 1-800-273-8255 the suicide hotline number. And then he um, he signs it with um, I'm not sure what this means, "Dum spiro, spero." spero. It's, uh, it looks like it's Latin. And then he says, "While I breathe, I hope." Um, very well written. Harry Miller is a he is a brilliant young man with a a a wonderful mind. That is without a shadow of a doubt true. Thank goodness for the Christina and Ryan Day Fund for uh, the health uh, with the the uh, pediatric and adolescent mental health wellness that they have, and the ability to. Allow these young men who are dealing with these type of mental issues to come to him with an open door policy that he has I'm just gonna be be frank with it. Ryan Day saved Harry Miller's life guys absolutely. If it was not for Ryan Day and his willingness to be open about this topic in this subject, I think Harry Miller is right he probably would have taken his life and he'd he'd be a, his number would be on the back of everybody's helmet this year at Ohio state. But because of Ryan day and his strength to say, it's okay to say, I can't. And let's make a plan for you to work on this issue that you're dealing with. Harry Miller is still with us and he's going to make an impact, maybe not on the field, but in the program in some way. And I think that is honorable. And just another reason why Ryan day is one of the best coaches in all Of sport, not just college football. Chris, you respond.
2: I I agree with you 100%. Um, And, you know, I I don't want to sit and reiterate everything I said before we started this, but I'm really, really happy that he is still going to be a part of this program and give guidance to those who, you know, might be in his situation. And you know, a lot of these young guys, these young kids coming in as freshmen, you know, they're going through major life changes that can definitely trigger something like this, especially if things aren't maybe going their way when they first get there. So, yeah, I think it's it's huge the fact that not only Ryan Day has put this in place, uh, not only is the team at the university well aware of the struggles that that these kids are under uh and, and have got an infrastructure in place to help them but thank goodness for people like Karen, though like i said who have come forward and who are looking to help others get through this before they get to that point this was i i read this eric and i'm not gonna lie to you i teared up a little you know i i did uh this kid poured his heart into this and you just got to feel for him and and hope for him and you know pray for his you know continued success and, and the positive impact he's going to have with the other people who are struggling with this as well as in his, uh you know future life whatever it may hold
1: yeah um if i'm not mistaken chris it was either last week or the week before when we when we recorded. I said there's something else wrong with Harry Miller. Yes, and, and I think
2: when so, we were maybe talking about the depth charts.
1: Yeah, and now we know. Now we know the truth here, and and I and it's not good that whether we would have found out the truth or not. That's who cares, right? That doesn't that doesn't amount to a hill of beans, as the old old hillbilly saying goes. But the right. fact that he felt the need to let that out, I feel. Hopefully, is healing for him. Yeah. Um. But it almost feels like he let it out because of all the articles and questions that were being being thrown. Uh. Ryan Day in this team's team's way. Uh. Some quick statistics for for all of you. Um. These. This is according to the CDC. Um. In 2020, 46,000 people took their life. Uh. Took uh, were suicidal. <laughs> it took their life. That's. One suicide every 11 minutes in the United States. Um, Adults, so 18 years and older, 12.2 million have seriously thought about suicide uh, within within the calendar year. 3.2 million made a plan uh, to take their own life, and 1.2 million attempted suicide in 2020. So this is not this is not a joke. It's not something to be taken lightly. There's a lot of factors going into um our culture and society and as a whole that would lead to twelve point two million people contemplating it. So and and I I mean, whether whether we're gonna sit here and tell our own individual stories or not, I mean, I would say that the majority of adults at one time or another have gone through something in his or her life where the thought maybe has crossed their mind. And I think that's just the facts. And I think that's dealing with life. And however you choose to deal with life in a way to where it is positive and those thoughts don't encounter your mind, I think – is how is a positive thing and what we need to do and obviously ryan day understands that and he's willing to put his name and neck and money and finances and and i'll put all of that on the line to help people like not only like Harry miller but other people nick your final thoughts before we move on
3: um i just think that it's also um you know I talked about like what, how important it was, you know, for Harry and the hero and, and the courageous act that he made. Um, but it's also, I think, with what his words also say is, I think us as fans also need to take a step back sometimes and realize it's just a game. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just a game. Um, because we could put just as much pressure on these kids as the coaches do. When there's 110,000 fans screaming O H I O throughout the stadium, you know they love you when you win, but when you lose, you can get on social media and read all the hate. I I mean it's I mean it, it's it's the day that we live in. So I really feel like as much as his You know, to the other part of his words, I think it's us as a fan. Sometimes we need to take a step back. And before we make that post on Twitter, Instagram, you know, whatever social media, Facebook, whatever it is, just take a step back and be like, is this really worth saying?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, and and Nick, to touch on that, I agree with you. And that doesn't mean it's not okay to criticize. But you know what? There's a there's a difference between criticizing and then getting on there and bashing someone at a personal level. Mm-hmm.
3: Correct. Correct. And and I, and I'm not saying like you know you can't say oh you know it, I guess what I'm saying is is you could sit, get out there and say you know what's wrong with our defense? What are what aren't we doing right? right? So you're criticizing the defense. You're crit, but you're not going out there and you're saying this guy is the entire you know, make or break. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's like where you got to keep it just as like, what are we doing on defense? What are we doing on offense? Oh, special teams aren't that great this year. Oh, you know, our kicker isn't as good as it used to be or something like that, you know? Um, But like when you get to, to attacking these kids personally, like I know some of these kids get messages with, it could
1: really flip that switch in your head. Yeah, I could and it's Absolutely. it's re- that's re- and yeah, you bring up a really good point, Nick. And I, I it's apologize for jumping is what in. It is. Yes, it is. It's it. You know, I I call them keyboard uh, keyboard bullies or keyboard tough guys. You know. Yeah. Like you know, I just we just dealt one on on our Facebook page a couple of days ago where you know a, someone was. Upset of the fact that I was being critical of Chris Holtman and the way Ohio State's basketball team finished the season. I have every right and ability to be critical of their play. But you never heard me make a cheap shot or get personal about any of the players or the coach. And this guy, in his response to me being critical, got personal with me. (laughs) I'm like – Dude, you just don't – And I, I literally gave the guy an opportunity to apologize, and he thought it was funny, so I kicked him out. I banned him from our site. Right. But the point being is you're you're criticizing me of being critical of them. That's fine. But when you you overstepped the line and got personal with me and trying to make fun of me and taking jabs at me personally, that just shows your own ignorance. And I think there a, there's a handful of people in every fan base, including our own, that are just ignorant – And, you know, social media has offered those people the ability to make comments that are now seen by these athletes where before they were maybe just a voice in the crowd, possibly at a stadium. Now they make it personal. And that is completely a new world for these athletes, Nick.
3: Well, that and the criticism the athletes used to get before social media became was from reporters. And it was in a controlled yeah. environment. Where and and you know, I mean like the reporters aren't going out there and calling these kids names like they're getting, you know, messages with and all this stuff. But you know, I mean, that's where it used to come from. And there was a way you could handle that as a coach. And you know, within the organization program, right? You can you can say, hey, we're not allowing our players to speak to media if that's the way you're going to talk to our players. They don't deserve that, you know. But you can't control a fan sending a nasty message to a kid and then flipping a switch in his head, mm-hmm. you know. And we need to. I think as fans, we really do need to step back. Like, I guess, you know. It, it happened, I think, almost 13, 15 years ago, maybe now. What Mike Gundy said was right. Don't go after a kid who's doing everything right, going to school, going to class, you know, going to practice. Yeah. Go, yeah. go after, go after the coaches. They're men. Yeah. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm 40. Yeah. He's a man. <laughs> he's 40, 40. You know, like, like if you're gonna criticize something, I hate to say, criticize Ryan Day. He's a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's the guy out, out that's making all the decisions, not C.J. Stroud or Harry Miller or any of these kids. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Chris, uh, any final thoughts, man? Well, well, you
2: know, it kind of goes back uh, to tie into what Nick said. We heard Jim Knowles say in his press conference this uh, this last week. Your mistakes on Saturday are on me. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's. Uh, And that's right. You know, go after the guys who are getting, and I'm not going to say going after them. You know, I think there's just a line that you don't cross. Like Nick said earlier, it's a game. The personal attacks are not necessary. You can be a passionate fan without being, excuse my, my French here, but a total ass. You know, you don't have to personally attack someone to be critical of what's going on. You can question what the players and coaches are doing. But when you start, you know, calling out the players or or not even calling out the players, you know, but making derogatory comments towards the players or coaches or, you know, attacking them personally or saying things about their family. I haven't even seen that. What's the point? What what does that accomplish? What does it do to help you feel better to do that,
3: Eric? Yeah. I'll say this. If any fan wants to talk about J- JT Tullamayola's mother, you can come talk to me because she's a very nice lady. <laughs> we know her personally, don't we? We know her personally.
1: <laughs> yeah. She also said don't call her son J-T-T.
3: <laughs> JTT. That's right. It's JT.
1: Yeah. Don't call him JTT. You, you learned my last name, young man. <laughs> yeah. So – you, got, you brought up Jim Knowles. Let's go to the coaches, shall we? Love um, They had themselves a interesting week as far as uh, interviews this week, the, the uh, football coaches. There was three of them that met with the media on Tuesday. You had head coach Ryan Day. You had uh, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles and offensive coordinator uh, Kevin Wilson. And all three of them, I think, had – very interesting comments, guys. I want to get your take on what you took away from these three guys. So I'll let you go first, Chris. Which which interview do you want to start talking about first?
2: Let's go with my new man crush, Jim Knowles.
1: <laughs> man crush. Okay. I, tell
2: you, I love this guy. I love his attitude. I love his enthusiasm. I mean, the guy jumps up in the middle of a press conference and starts teaching reporters how to play defense and tackle.
1: Yeah. He's teaching them how to. Ta- hey, Press, let me teach you how to tackle. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Well, and, that, and, and, and you know, he's. I, I love his his concept of what he's teaching the guys of. You know, he's preaching technique. He's pe- preaching aggressiveness. He's saying, "Hey, you know what? It's okay to miss a tackle, as long as you're in position, Bryson Shaw, and you know you're 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 going after it." Uh, You know, he's got a lot of confidence in what he has and what he's developing, and and I love it. Uh, You know, he talked about increasing the accountability uh, on on the the team, but also at the same time increasing the accountability on themselves. Like I mentioned that comment earlier. He feels that if a mistake is made on Saturday, it's that he failed – do his job as a coach. He didn't teach them what they needed to know. If the student failed to learn, the teacher hasn't taught. And I love that. Uh, you know, I think it's a completely different mindset than what we saw. Um, as far as when he dove into the personnel groups, you know, I think we learned a little bit about what he's looking for at the linebacker group. Mm-hmm. He wants somebody who can play in the box. And playing space. Right. Is that going to leave some of these less athletic linebackers, you know, struggling for playing time?
1: It is. Actually, Kate Stover. I, yeah. yeah. I I honestly think Kate Stover is going to be that stand up defensive end, the hybrid. I think so too. I think he's going to be the hybrid, and I think you're going to see Steel Chambers, and the way they talk about uh, the new recruit from um, Arizona, Chip. They call him Chip. Yeah, uh, Chip. Yeah, the uh that he has he is a possibility. I think he's not afraid of playing a younger guy, CJ Hicks. You yeah. know? Or not CJ Hicks, but uh the the freshman there. Um I was very interested, Chris, and I'd like to get your two cents on the fact that he mentioned Ronnie Hickman and Court Williams. He wants them both playing out there on the field <laughs> together. Yeah. I love uh, that. that sounds super athletic.
2: Yes. Yes, I, I really think – and, you know, he said this is a safety-driven offense or defense, rather. hmm Man, he wants to get Court Williams out there. He wants to get Hickman out there. You know, when Proctor's healthy, we want him out there, you know. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be plenty of playing time for all these guys who go out there and show what they got. Yeah. As long as they have the athleticism and the aggressiveness that he's looking for.
1: Yeah, I was right. It was C.J. Hicks is the uh, yes. five-star freshman linebacker. Chip Trianum. Is who yeah. we're thinking of. The uh, yeah, the transferred uh, chip. They're calling him Chip Triantum now. So apparently that's his, his name he wants to go by. So we'll call him Chip. Um, Chip and Steel, <laughs> Chip and Chambers. Um, I love his enthusiasm. I love, yeah. I love how he coaches. Like you can tell that this guy is straight up an old school coach. I think you'd want to run through a wall for the guy because um, I think you see his his enthusiasm to teach technique and in, in the sport to you. I mean, you just tell. The, the fact that the verbiage he uses all the time, he breaks things down to simplify things. Um, I wish we had Aaron's ability to uh, respond to what he saw from Jim Knowles because Aaron was a defensive coach as well, and I think he would – uh, I think he would just love the the whole uh, lingo that uh, he brings to the um, to the uh, table there. Um, Bandit, gonna, yeah. And the, and the nickel is the, the nickel. nickel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let me give you the quote that I love when he literally standing up and teaching the press about tackling. He's he said tackling is all about timing, technique, and angles. What I'm looking for is what I call owning your hip. I mean you're just hearing the coach lingo here, right? We teach yeah. near leg, near shoulder, and profile in order to keep your head out of it. These principles turn into rugby tackling. I mean, he's just going he's just he just went into coach mode right off the bat. And I loved it. So I'm with you, Chris. Uh Nick, your thoughts on the press conference from Jim Knowles.
3: I loved everything about it. Um the one thing though that I, I just and I don't know if it's me stuck in two thousand six Big Ten football. Um but I think I would love to see more of a four three, four four down, three linebacker. Um especially if you can get like that guy like a Ryan Shazier who was good out in coverage. You know, like Kate Stover could be good in coverage if he was playing tight end. He's quick enough to keep up with the tight end, you know, um, from that linebacker spot. So I would like to see more of that um, just because that's going to help us more in the run defense than being more safety driven. Um, And what our safeties have. And I was watching highlights of um, Oklahoma State's defense last year. Um, It's still that Ben don't break mentality. You know, like we'll bend a little bit, but we're not gonna break and I don't and to me i I like the old and you saw it out of our national championship team in twenty fourteen I'm gonna dominate on this side of the ball, and you ain't gonna do anything about it
1: you yeah, know? There's, de- there's definitely a mentality that you need that we've been missing. Um, yeah. I understand your your um. You see what I'm saying? And, yeah, I, I understand your desire to do the four three because it, it puts in three solid tacklers at linebacker. But the problem with that, Nick, is we haven't had three solid tackling linebackers in a long time. I,
3: but I again, yeah, going back to the Ryan Shazier, Baron Browning days, right? Yeah. Um so and Eric, I get that, and and I get you have to evolve your defense to what you work with, right? And I mm-hmm. and that's what I loved most about what Jim Knowles said at his press conference. um, yes, you know, showing these you know, getting up and showing the press how to tackle and all that stuff that was impressive to see out of your coach because I've never seen something like that. But what he said or actually resonated with me more was, I am looking. At what I have and evaluating what I have, and I'm going to put together a plan and a defense and a scheme based off what I have. Right. And I think to me that speaks more volumes because that shows how intelligent this man is. Mm -hmm. You know, that, hey, I can evaluate what I have and go, hmm, this worked from here. I could still use this from, um, You know, Oklahoma State, ooh, but we can actually incorporate what Alabama did, you know, now on their team. You know what I'm saying? He can, he'll be able to do that. And I just think that is what is most impressive about the man.
1: Let's move over to Ryan Day's press conference. And because this relates very similarly to what we were just talking about there with Jim Knowles. Let me read to you the quote Ryan Day dropped, uh, which. It kind of slid by everybody, and I'm not so sure how many people caught it. I caught it right away, and yeah. and I had to drop this on everybody. So Ryan Day's quote, when asked about the defensive staff, really good coaches can teach multiple things, like you're saying there, Nick, schemes, plays, defenses, and then execute them at a high level. To me, um, this is this is powerful here, guys. The average coaches are those who try to coach a team off of the film. The seasoned good coaches do their best work in meetings, walkthroughs and those type of settings. I believe Ryan day's frustration with the defensive coaching staff last year. He may have inadvertently explained the difference between what was going on and that with that staff and what this staff is like. Um, I was listening to uh, Letterman Rowe when they dropped the bomb. That Ryan Day, at one point, felt like he wanted to make a change after the playoffs in 2019. But he didn't because, you know, he thought to himself it was a COVID year, it was weird. I need to give this staff another opportunity. Oh, the yeah, and yeah, then yeah. and then twenty, yeah. yeah, and then twenty, or excuse me, twenty, the twenty twenty year, sorry. Yeah. And then twenty twenty one rolls around and those changes never happened. Those that that defensive staff never made any advances. And and so unfortunately, last year was kind of a washed year for him due to that. But <clears throat> long story short, I think Ryan Day saw the writing on the wall very early last year and if you remember if you go back i was there that day against oregon he when he blew up on the sideline with Kerry combs and brian hartline had to step in do you guys remember that yes yeah. i think that was frustration from an entire offseason where they were not all on the same page so I think looking at what Ryan Day said here in this, in this short quote that I gave you guys, I think he is tickled pink with Jim Knowles and what this defense is doing. Chris, your thoughts on Ryan Day's press conference?
2: Well, I'll tell you, first of all, you said you thought he may have inadvertently said something. I don't think Ryan, Vertley, Ryan Day inadvertently says anything. I think it was a subtle but direct shot. I think basically we learned what it, it was the issue. Uh, You know, listening to all three of these guys, the one thing you mentioned, communication and being on the same page, man, they're on it this year. Everything I've heard says that these guys are all on the same page. Uh, You know, one of the things that stuck out to me, too, was, you know, they obviously talked about the experience that we gained in a lot of positions last year, as did uh, Kevin Wilson, but. You know, the fact that they came out and both had mentioned, too, we're going to put more on C.J. Stroud this year. There is a ton of faith in this kid. I mean, they didn't come right out and say it, but I I mean, I think that they're, they're talking maybe letting this kid, you know, maybe do some of the play calling at the line himself.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to give him a green light to make adjustments on the line.
2: Yes, I agree. I, I think that that's huge. Uh, one other thing I took, obviously, I think we've got some concerns at the tight end position, but I think that they expect this tight end position to be a, a integral part of this offense, even though we lost record and we don't have. Uh, Mitch Rossi. Mitch Rossi starting out the spring. I, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if we don't see. I think. A lot of geese got especially when we go into that twelve man package.
1: Hmm. I hope so, because I like the young man a lot and I, I think having that athletic type of receiver playing tight end can be an absolute weapon at times. Um, uh yeah. So I, I agree with that.
2: What Nick, what to oh before we get go before we jump over the list of players who are not available for spring drills. Yeah, we'll get into that. Because there are some familiar names on there that make me wonder if there, there's something, another reason maybe they're not available.
1: Let's just say from that list, I anticipate two to three to be in the transfer portal.
2: That was my thought as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that's definitely uh, a very po- very strong possibility for a couple of those guys. Nick Ryan Day's press conference, man. What was the two cents you took from it?
3: Um, I didn't really um dig in too much into the his defensive comment. Um, I think it was more of where he think you know where where that's his opinion rather you know. Um. You know, and what what a good co- for a good coaches versus average coaches do, right? Um, because I'm gonna be honest, no, take nothing away from what Kerry comes in. He's just not a defensive coordinator. He is a cornerbacks coach. Agreed. He's a he's a cornerbacks coach, and you know there's nothing wrong with that. And I think if Kerry would have came back under Jim Knowles and worked as the cornerbacks coach, we have been looking at another Okuda Arnett. Eli Apple, Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, I could we could go on and on about all those he put into the first round, right? Mm-hmm. Um, So I didn't really um, dive into much in that. What I did like, though, is that he did say, um, we're going to focus more on being balanced and more physical in the run game. Um, that's something we definitely did lack um, last year. Um, it didn't seem like in the games that we needed to establish the run, the team up north, um, we couldn't. You know, Um, so I think that was a very big takeaway, as well as um, I think a big part of what we were missing on both sides of the ball last year, or not both sides, but on the deep, more or less on the defensive side of the ball, um, was leadership, and I think he took care of that when he with his leadership program, and I think that's going to pay huge dividends for this for this year. You're going to have those guys, you know, hey, I if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the one to stand up in that locker room, you know, at halftime and light this fire up under our, you know, keysers. you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's that's what we miss, especially in the team
1: up north game. I'm um, glad you I'm glad you brought that up, Nick, because I think that was a, a key part of his uh, press conference that. Uh, was important was the fact that uh, this, this roster for this year has got some leaders who they purposely worked on that. And that was one of the things that was missing from last year's team. He said that they needed to address. So thank you for bringing that up because I think that's a very important thing to, to mention. Um, I hope that it's the, the, leadership comes from some of those key positions such as quarterback and, and, and running back and then linebacker on defense um, and, defensive end and things, but yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, Nick, go and, for it. And with his
3: comments with C.J. Stroud, um, we didn't really get to see Justin Fields, um, and is in a true second season. Really? Um, however, though, if you look at the two the back to back Clemson games, right, you can see it in his eyes. And, and in his body language, he was way more comfortable in that offense for that type of game than he was previously. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that's what Ryan Day was more or less getting to was, hey, CJ's had now a year underneath his belt. He's like, you just saw what he did in the Rose Bowl. Now imagine that all that coming to fruition and working on everything else in the offseason. Imagine what this kid's going to do. Um, I don't think necessarily they're going to give him play calling abilities at the line. Um, I still think that you know Ryan's going to have his set audibles um, that he likes to have. Um, so I don't think you'll see much of that. But I, but it, but I, to a token, that is CJ's call when he gets up to the line. What he is reading, you know, pre snap to get the offense into those checks. So. Um, You may see a little more of that, but I don't think he's going to be calling just, you know, no huddles, go to the line of scrimmage, and it's CJ, you know, calling plays for an entire drive himself.
1: Kevin Wilson, uh, Chris, I'll let you go first, man. He did talk about tight ends. You brought it up there. Kevin Wilson, being obviously the tight ends coach, not just the offensive coordinator, uh, talked about the importance of tight ends and how that if you abandon tight ends in an offense, how that that can act, you know, absolutely kind of, uh, I wouldn't say he, he wouldn't handicap you, but it definitely makes you a little bit more predictable.
2: Well, Eric, I've got the quote here for you. The better the tight ends are, the better this team will be.
1: That's a it good takes quote.
2: <laughs> the pressure off the offensive line. Right. Let me tell you what else it does. It frees up receivers if you are successful in the pass-catching games as a tight end as well Mm -hmm. because they can't double down on JSN every single play. Uh, You know, and while they are inexperienced, I really feel like from what Kevin Wilson was saying, like I said, I think they expect a lot of them. I would not be surprised to see Geese Scott slide up possibly even as high as into that second slot on the tight end depth chart. Uh, you know, he talked a little bit about him. He's balked up a little bit. He is a little bit better able to handle the some of the blocking assignments, though he's still not going to be, you know, a 255-pound bruiser. They, their hope is to get him up to around 240, uh, and they like what he's been doing this offseason. And they noted that guys like Gee, guys like Jay Ballard, Evan Pryor, who he, he got a lot of great things to say about Evan Pryor. The key isn't them changing their game. It's just becoming more consistent in what they do. I think we could see Guy Scott definitely slide up to, he's definitely, I think, the number three on that tight end chart. I think he could slide up into two. And I think we may see Evan Pryor actually push Byron Williams for second team snaps. Yeah. on What Kevin Wilson said.
1: Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? That was. Yeah. I also found it very interesting that they're basically uh, limiting Travion Henderson this spring too. They're they're limiting those blows he can take, so he's not going to be tackled. He's not going to be touched at all this spring. <sighs> the spring game, guys. I'm just forewarning y'all, it's going to be two hand tap. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's practice. Just, well, if just,
2: that's what you expect.
1: Yeah, we do now. Yeah, back in the day, man, it used to be a real game, dude. I mean, it was. They yeah. actually had like <sighs> like steak versus hot dogs on the line, man. And them guys took it serious, man. So, different, different world, different, uh, different type of uh, football that we're playing these days now. But so don't tell Jackson. I where? think
3: it's some more of a uh, medically conscious game.
1: You know, like oh, knowing absolutely.
3: that that Travion Hendersons only can take so many blows within this year. Why not limit him in the spring game?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he didn't even play as a senior year of, of high school when he come right out last year and it was with a second or third game of the year and broke the all time freshman rushing record. So um, the dude, the dude knows how to carry the rock. It's just a matter of making sure that uh, he's taking those mental reps and he's working on his physical. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Physical being uh, going into the season. Uh, Nick, do you have anything from uh, Kevin Wilson's press conference that you would like to address?
3: Um, I just – I like what he said um, working with our offensive line when he was talking about them, um, tweaking things within like the passing game and the spacing of wide receivers, running backs and everything um, to really set not only them up to be in the best position but our entire offense, you know? Um, So he said, you know, if a play requires a three to four second block, but your you know that your offensive lineman against this defense isn't going to be able to sustain that four second block, you maybe shallow your slot receiver's route and you take your running back out for a chip on that to give you that four seconds.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know. Um, So I think I really think from an analytical standpoint. Um, they're, ta- they've taken a hard look this off season and said, what happened last year compared to 2019? Right. And they, and they found, and I think, you know, like Jim Knowles even said, the analytics that I have available to me at the Ohio state is like, I've never seen before. Imagine mm-hmm. what that is with Ryan Day's offensive guru mind, you know, yeah. just for the offensive side. So, um, I, I, that's what I took away. And and I think. If we could get more – if Kevin Wilson can get these offensive linemen in those best positions and play a little more physical, we're going to win a national title if our defense is can play semi to what the 2019 defense
1: played. So the the one thing i like to address that I thought was, was really funny was he was talking about – very similar to what you both were discussing there – and someone brought up, you know, what what do you do as a play caller if Jackson Smith the Jigba is getting double teamed? And he says, you know, obviously it's going to leave, you know, people open. He was talking about how that basically defenses try to make one-on-one matchups for themselves, 11 versus 11, um, you know, based off of their formations and their looks and whatnot and how that the tight end can affect that. But then I love how he said, even though Jackson Smith the Jigba is the jig was going to be double teamed, he's still going to be open. <laughs> So I mean, yeah. we've got one of the one of the greatest weapons in in school history again. I mean, how often were we talking about how you couldn't guard Garrett Wilson and you couldn't guard Chris Olave, and here JSN is better than both of them. That's just unbelievable.
2: So so here's the question: Will JSN and Marvin Harrison be a better duo? Oh, than a-
3: Marvin I Harrison know. looks I was jacked. To I was gonna say, guys, like. As much as, like, these teams are going to want to um, double JSN, like, is that even a smart idea?
1: Please do. No, no. Yeah.
3: Please well, double ju- Oh, I mean, I would love it because Harrison Jr. is going to tear him up along with Julian Fleming. But, like, when you when you really look at, like, what those guys did in the Rose Bowl, I'm trying to – sorry, as I'm talking here, I'm trying to get these stats pulled up. Um, but it was just – it was ridiculous. Yeah, you know, like as a first time, let's look here: six catches for seventy-one yards and three touchdowns. Now, yeah. if you double Jackson, that six for seventy-one becomes six for one hundred and thirty-one. With another, you know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah, is g- gonna eat you alive.
1: Yeah. And there's another one that, and and and, and how about Jaden Ballard getting Jayden all the Ballard. love that yeah. he's getting as well? I mean, this room is just sick, guys. And here's the thing: defenses have to decide to do. They're either going to play zone because they think, you know, hey, we're just gonna, we can't guard these guys one on one, so let's sit back in a zone and try to keep everything in front of us. The Utah tried that, guys. Did you see what Jackson Smith, the Jigba, did to the zone? Yeah, I mean he would he would just run across the middle of the face of them and then just outrun them all.
2: And I think you don't it see was, a lot of that this year. He is going to move inside, outside. Yes, he is going to be everywhere so that they can get him the ball. But they even they, they, they even to.
1: lined him up in the backfield in practice. Yes. This. Yeah, they did that in the Rose Bowl. They did. Yeah, I he mean, came out on a swing
3: on a on a wheel route in the Rose Bowl and took it for thirty yards.
1: Yeah, there's going to be he is a weapon. And they know it, and he's going to be used. And I'm telling you, guys, straight up right now, we have three Heisman candidates on this offense, guys. Yes. Three of them. And I, I don't know how we don't win. One of our guys doesn't win the Heisman at this point unless they all somehow – Equal each other each out. Other. Yeah, uh, that's the only way possible at this point, guys. All right, man, it's it's been good. Nick, we've got a show later tonight we're going to be doing, we're going to be recording. Why don't you tell everybody how they can sign up to be a part of our OHIO podcast, Shots from the Shot, if you will, Yep. Uh, NCAA Tournament Bracket Challenge. And, of course, I'll be throwing in a T-shirt for that and maybe a hat and, and the, some uh, autographs that uh, we've got, Chris and I have got, that uh, someone's going to win a lot of sweet swag if they win this tournament this year.
3: Yeah, so the so I'm, I'll am i create it now here. Um, <laughs> I think that it didn't go through before because I tried to do it earlier this no week. Problem. So it's going to be shots. The beauty, of, beauty of
1: live yeah. podcasting here.
3: It's going to be shots from the shot. Um. You know, like uh, the podcast here um, and the uh, password to join is going to be Buckeyes one with the number one. Um,
1: So that way uh, that way you guys can all join. And through ESPN, is that who we're going through? Why why are you
2: giving my password to everybody on on the that's my
3: password for everything, man. Sorry, now you got to change it.
1: (laughs) Chris is like, no problem. Buckeyes two. (laughs)
3: <laughs> so yeah uh, just join download the uh the espn tournament challenge app and um everything you know and just join in and we'll, uh, like eric said
1: we'll announce some prizes here so also uh, we'll have the links to this on our social media sites uh twitter facebook um uh, That's where you can find it. Um, So make sure you check out our fan page or the business page on Facebook for us. We'll have links for that. We'll post it several times. Um, So make sure you go and sign up. And when you sign up, it gives you the option of basically having a generic name or a name. Please, if you would, use your name or let us know if it's you so that we can make contact with you so that if um, you do win, you actually make, you make please sure you right your
3: uh, please just use your name and first and, and like last name initial um, that will make it a lot easier for Eric and I um, to go through and see everybody. Yeah. You know, um, and then, and then that way we don't have to look through a facebook messages oh my username was this my username is this um just please try to use your first and your first name and last initial all right there hey you go nick yes and what, sir and what, I,
2: is the co- what is the cost to enter
3: no cost um free um we're just gonna I do a, it yeah just it's free to join um i put it on the uh podcast uh fan group page just posted um so the link's there um, so you can join via web or download the mobile app.
1: Awesome. And after you listen to this podcast, if you have time, uh, go over there to uh, Shots from the Shot. Listen to that one and you can hear our predictions and uh, who we think are go- is going to win the NCAA tournament. We are recording yes. this right before they announce the brackets. So if you're listening to this, by the time you listen to this, more than likely Shots from the Shot will be up as well. And then you can go and fill out your bracket and make fun of us when you beat us.
3: And However, I uh, and I did catch up with Eric earlier this week and uh, we talked a little to Chris Holtman. so enjoy that as well.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that one's going to be on this show too. Gotcha. Yes, sir. All right, so we'll see if I can make anybody else mad with my comments. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back. Justin Bowen's gonna join me for a, an awesome interview, so make sure you check that out. And like I said, sign up for our shots from the shot challenge. We're gonna see who makes the best predictions this year. Hang tight, everybody. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360 degree, high definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway visit mastermind at onlinemastermind.com. And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. And now I am joined by today's special guest, one of our listeners, Justin Bowman. Justin, how are you doing today, my man?
0: Oh, doing really good. Doing really good.
1: Good. So uh, do me a favor. Tell uh, all our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you come from and how you became a Buckeye fan.
0: Yeah, yeah. So my name is Justin Bowman. i um, actually originally from the Dayton, Ohio area. I grew up in uh, Pickwell, Ohio, which is about um, roughly a half hour north of Dayton. Um, I uh, Actually, so I, so as long as I can remember, I've been a Buckeye fan. Um, um, the first I can really remember is probably from about 97, 98. Um, but I really kind of got into um, watching the Buckeyes during that national championship run back in 'o two. So um, I would guess, you know, I guess about 20 20 years or so i've been a buckeye fan and um yeah i've enjoyed have enjoyed every minute of it so yeah it's it's all
1: obviously it's good to be a buckeye fan uh, around football time but you're also a jayhawk fan in basketball aren't you
0: i am yeah yeah that's kind of a got kind of a weird story a lot of people always ask me you know how did you how did you become a jayhawk basketball fan so that's i guess it was just kind of a random thing there because i uh um, I've always been a big college basketball fan, and just kind of randomly picked Kansas when I was when I was when I was younger. So <laughs> you, fo-
1: you follow winners around. I got you, man. <laughs> now, if you tell me you're a Yankees baseball fan, I I might have to stop the recording here. I
0: don't. <laughs> no, definitely
1: not. Definitely not. Uh, living down in Dayton area, I'm sure you're a big Legs fan. Be your Cincinnati fan.
0: I am. Yep. Yeah. Big Reds yeah. fan for sure. Yeah
1: yeah i was i was a reds fan growing up as well uh haven't been to haven't been the i still call it riverfront stadium even though it's uh they call it i don't know what they call it now down there the new ballpark but uh great american ballpark i think something like that but uh yeah I, I remember when i was growing up uh back in the the 90s you know the, they had eric davis and that 1990 world series team and that that hooked that sucked me in as a kid and uh, even though the last couple decades with with the Reds have been kind of difficult, it's it's hard to let go of those those childhood memories, man. So yeah, I understand you, you you get latched on as a as a youngster, and it's hard to let go of those things. And uh, obviously uh, the Jayhawks, they got themselves a pretty good basketball team again. So congratulations on another uh, Big Twelve championship there. Oh, gosh, that's what's that like thirteen last fifteen years or something crazy?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, they're in quite a quite a streak there. <laughs>
1: I was almost curious to find out if the Big Ten was going to expand, if they would bring Kansas in, and I thought, boy, that, that's going to be a whole different world for them in basketball. But um, anyway, so uh, tell me a little bit about your greatest Buckeye memory. So as a fan, what what uh, what do you think about and say that's number one for me?
0: Sure, yeah. So there's been, I guess, quite a few over the last over the last twenty years or so, but um, I think the ones that kind of jump jump to mind first are the are the two national championships so that you know the 2002 um team you know that was kind of my first like I said my first time really really kind of remembering watching watching the Buckeyes all the way through the season you know I I, you know watched most of those games listened to some on the radio and that was the first time I really kind of uh really kind of jumped into um, being a big Buckeyes fan so that was probably the first one that stands out and that you know I still remember I think I was in I think I was in sixth grade at the time and watching that Ohio State Miami game, and that was probably still still one of my favorite games that I can remember. So yeah, that's got to be right up there. And then of course the um, <clears throat> the last championship team with you know with going through three quarterbacks and starting that big run in the Big Ten championships got to be right up there for me as well. So, right.
1: Yeah, I was a sophomore in college in tw- uh, 2002, so that was pretty awesome uh, to be in college when that was going on. Um, so have you been to the horseshoe? Justin?
0: Oh yeah, actually. So, so my my first time going was actually about four years ago. Um, so my I went to the Ohio State Michigan State game. I think it was 20 2015 or 2016, and okay. um, that was the first time. You know, I I'd never gotten never got to go growing up. So, um, actually the last few years I've I've been um been at least one time um to um to the shoe the last four or five years. And this past year I actually got to get one of the um, one of those game packages. It was like a four like a four game package. So. Mm-hmm i got to see the um the penn state game so i was my first uh, nice. first night oh, game yeah.
1: There. <laughs> yeah those are always those are always a little bit more juicy i like to say so um what's your favorite thing about going to the shoe and going to a game live there in columbus
0: yeah honestly i'd probably say just the, the overall atmosphere so usually usually um, every time i've gone actually we've gone to the the skull session, like early in the morning. So we, we usually get up pretty early, get there by you know eight or nine and go to the skull session in the morning. We, you know, watch the, watch the band and everything. And then, um, and then just kind of being around, you know, just seeing so many people out there tailgating and, um, yeah, I, yeah, I really love, I really love the, love the whole experience. So it's, yeah, I, I mean the traditions and everything, script Ohio, all, the whole thing. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. I, I, you know, I got a good buddy. who has got season tickets and then we always go to the big ones. And then my wife and I, we both went to Ohio State. So we like to go to a game together. So it ends up where I almost go to almost every home game. <laughs> so um, it's it's oh, it's it's amazing. I love it. I love the shoe. So I always like talking to people who've been there as well. Uh, so give me uh, I'm going to ask you kind of a tough question here. Mm-hmm. Did last year's team meet your expectations as a fan? That's
0: a, that's a good question i so I, I would say probably probably not so i actually had i mean I actually had pretty high expectations, which I'm sure a lot of a lot of fans did and um I definitely say i was was proud of the team i wasn't necessarily wasn't necessarily disappointed or anything but i I think going into the season, I thought we had a had a had a pretty good shot at getting to the you know getting to the playoff and um you yeah, I didn't know if we'd win it or not, but I thought we at least were one of those two or three teams that along with maybe Bama and um, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, I think everybody thought Clemson would be up there as well, but um, you know, I thought we had a had a pretty decent shot. So definitely the you know definitely the the big loss there at the end um, kind of put a damper on things. But um, yeah, I'd say a little under expectation, but definitely not disappointed. So given your
1: given your answer, I would assume then that you thought it was a good idea that Ryan Day went a different direction on the defensive side of the ball this off season.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. The more you know, I had never actually. I heard of I heard of Jim Knowles and I the more the more I read about him and the more I hear hear um hear about him you know I think he's going to be a really really good fit and um is going to really come in and kind of kind of take charge of that defense so um, definitely definitely happy about that one
1: yeah I I am as well I think uh my I try to tamper my expectations when I when I first he did his first and initial interview but after this most recent interview I'm all in the the dude is the dude is the type of coach that you want to run run through a wall for. And so I think this defense is going to respond very well to his teaching techniques, um, to his philosophy. And I think he's kind of got that a Ryan day type of, I'm going to out scheme you, um, mentality that this defense has desperately needed for a while. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, Given what you know so far in the off season, I know it's way early and we just started spring ball. What kind of expectations are you going to set for this team going into 2022?
0: Yeah, so I, I mean, I, I mean, as usual, I think, I think my expectations are always, always, always really high. So, especially this year, you know, with a with with Stroud coming back, you know, he's, he's going to have a better, uh, I think, have a better handle on the on the offense and be able to. Kind of hit the ground running this year, whereas last year it kind of took them a little while to, um, you know, to get up to speed. And I think, I think last year's team was so young. I think, I think having all those young guys come back, you know, it's going to be a more experienced team. Um, I really do think the defense will take a, will take a jump or, or a step forward. So I, I mean, I think we'll be right back where we were with, you know, as far as the offense being right up there with the best in the country. And then hopefully, if that defense is even just, you know, a little bit, you know if they're a little bit better, if they're even if they're you know, top top thirty or so in the country, I think we'll be um, right there at the end with, with a shot to win it all. So I got pretty yeah. pretty high expectations.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I, we haven't talked about this on the pod podcast a lot yet, but if if the offense is what we think it is, and the defense makes that improvement, like you said, be a top thirty in the nation, that team's good enough to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I know college football has changed significantly. Used to be, you know, defense wins championships, and now it's just can your defense keep you in the game? That's essentially where we're at in college football, and I, I feel like we're right there, man. I really do. Um, you know, obviously we owe one to that team up north. That's gonna be big. Um, I I hate to put all the emphasis on on two games being Notre Dame and that one, but I really feel. In a lot of ways that this season, and of course the coaches will tell you that it, it's one game at a time, and rightly so, but I really feel like this season is going to boil down to Notre Dame and that team up north, and we got them both at home. So I'm feeling very confident in a college football playoff, another Big Ten title, and going back to the college football playoff. I'm going to give it at a scale of 1 to 10, around a 9, 9.5. What would you give it, Justin? Justin?
0: I think I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. I would probably, yeah, probably say in that nine to ten range as well. You know, I don't know if I'd go right out of ten just because. I mean, you never know what could happen. And we, I think we kind of have to see the defense do it before we can be 100% confident. But yeah, I think, I think definitely in that nine to ten range for sure.
1: Yeah. So given your answers of you kind of came around as being a fan as a youngster in 2002, you didn't have to live through the John Cooper years. So you've had Jim, you've had Jim Tressel, Urban Meyer. You had one year of Luke Fickle, I guess. Urban Meyer. And and now you've you've got the man right Ryan Day. Which of those three is your favorite coach and why? And uh, has anybody ever said you look like a younger Ryan Day?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, guess, I guess start with that. I I've n- I never had anybody anybody tell me that. But that's actually a, that's that's a funny that's that's kind of a funny funny one. I I never heard anybody say that. But
1: grow your beard out and you might be a Ryan Day Jr. Just saying.
0: Yeah, but that's <laughs> that's funny um but yeah i actually actually be honest so so i um i would probably say you know i and i thought about this over the last few years you know you know with Ryan Day coming on board and I, I really really like what he's done not just as a coach but as a leader of these you know of the team as well and i think um i think he's a stand up guy stand up a stand up leader and um, you know i think Trestle was as well you know I, and really i mean really you can't go wrong with with, with any of those guys some of the greatest some of the greatest coaches there with Trestle and, and Meyer that we've ever seen in, in college football but i think I think Ryan Day is, is headed in that direction, too. And I, I kind of like his, like his style of, of, of coaching as well. I mean, the offense has definitely, over the last several years, has really opened up and become more of that modern-day, you know, passing offense. And um, I think he's uh, definitely taken it in the right direction. So I, I mean, I know it's still early, but I definitely um, might, have to, might have to lean Day um, just based on his first two years. Yeah,
1: I would definitely give Day the upper hand over Urban Meyer, and I know that sounds sacrilegious to say with Meyer going 7-0 and against the team up north, but as far as just like personality fits, the total package, you know what I mean? Like Not just what you're getting as a football coach, but what you're getting as a leader of men, like you said, a representative of the university, the kind of father figure that the guy is, and family man, I, I really think Ryan Day is the total package. Um, Trestle has some of that, but also Trestle was in a different era. Um, I don't know that Trestle's style of ball is going to work in today's game. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think Ryan Day might be that guy. Um, when it's all said and done, that, that Buckeye Nation looks back very fondly of and puts him at least, at least in the Mount Rushmore with, you know, Trestle, Urban, and, uh, of course, Woody Hayes. So uh, I'm right there with you. All right, man, I got to know. So how did you come in contact with the OHIO podcast, and how long have you been listening?
0: Yeah so um so it was actually um about actually right around 3 years ago so i i had um gotten laid off from my job actually unfortunately like right before uh, right before covid happened so i was um kind of laid off through most of that first part of the pandemic like like you know like from march really all through the summer and into the fall so um you know i was definitely looking for some things to keep me busy and hadn't at that point hadn't actually become a big like podcast person yet so i just Um, was looking for things to do. Had had, was searching some podcasts, and you know, Ohio State football being one of my favorite things, I searched out you know Buckeye podcasts, and I come across this one. And I, um, I think I think one of the first podcasts I listened to might have been, might have been one where it was like you were, I think picking like all-time Ohio State roster or something like that. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. So um, I I just kind of kept listening, and um, so it's been about two years, I guess. But really, the one of the big reasons I like the podcast, I think, is that it's not just it's not just, you know, like some of these other podcasts are from people who are actually either work, you know, you know, kind of in the media for Ohio State or something like that. But this is really, you know, a lot of um, there's a lot of great analysis, but a lot of other things, too, where you, where you go through like, oh, let's let's rank the top 10, you know, whatever of all time, like the top 10 underrated Ohio State quarterback or something like that. Yeah. So I really a lot of the a lot of that, you know, that fan perspective of it.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, we try to we try to do different things. I mean, there's there's so many things out there. And and it's, it's always good to get feedback from our listeners. I really appreciate that. Um, So I got to know, man, like, uh, do you have any questions for me or anything? I know you, you've kind of been one of the more active members of, of our uh, community. And uh, at least on Facebook, which uh, I'm sure you've heard me complain about Facebook <laughs> on some of the last podcasts, all that those algorithms are just about killing me. But uh, um, th- I know that's where you and I made that connection and things. So uh, yeah, anything about the podcast or myself or the uh, the show that you'd like to know, dude?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I guess I guess I guess one of the questions I had, and, and maybe you've maybe you've touched on this before, but just kind of curious, like how how you and you and Chris and Aaron all kind of All kind of met and
1: originally. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, um, so yeah, so Aaron Brown, who is a member of the United States Army, down in Texas, um, and our thoughts go out to him as well during this time. Um, Aaron's parents and I go to the same church here in Delaware, Ohio. And so that is how I made the connection with Aaron and met him. And then through he and I just having conversations and things over the years, I found out that the dude was just so knowledgeable about the game of football. Of course, you know, he, he played uh, semi-professionally played at a very high level, was a a very successful coach at a division one high school here in North Central Ohio. And, um, I don't think he's done with the sport, if if you know what I mean. I think when he's done uh, w- with the United States Army, he is going to be a college coach somewhere. He's that good at what he does, and so I had to bring him on. So I, I when I when I started the podcast, he was one of the people who hit off. I, I just you know right away said, "Hey, I need to get you on here, man," and of course he wanted to join and be a part of that. How we met Chris actually was a couple years ago uh we did a live show at a ohio state store in marion county ohio and chris's uh relative owns the store and he he helps out with that store and we met him and of course he became my memorabilia dealer (laughs) so he does a lot of work and business in ohio state memorabilia Uh, he could just about get me any autograph i wanted for my uh buckeye room so I had to, you know, I made a good connection with him and then when Aaron was getting ready to go overseas, I guess that was about a year and a half ago or more. Um we knew we needed to bring a third on and so that is how Chris became a part of the show and of course he's just hung around a good friend of mine now and so the three of us just became kind of like a three man weave to this thing. And so uh, we've got a couple other people in our shots for the shot podcast that are going to be bringing along and things. So uh, it's growing, it's growing. So appreciate the question. Anything else, man?
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think the only, the only other thing, and I know, I mean, I know you've talked a little bit about this on the show before, but just kind of, you know, you know, 'cause cause I, I feel like this is really, really taken off and definitely, congratulations to all three of you and, and the, to, you know, getting this going and, um, I definitely, definitely love listening to it, but just kind of curious, like what some of the, if you have any ideas about where you might take this in the future or what? Other things yeah, do you
1: that's a good question. So, um, there has definitely been temptation to, to go full time with this thing, um, because I enjoy it so much, but to be honest with you, um, uh, there's really not a whole lot of money in this thing. <laughs> So, um, you know, I don't I don't do the whole ads thing that you get on a lot of podcasts because it's just not worth it until you get up into the million dollar download or the million million download area. Then you can start making decent enough money to make a living on it. So, you know, you're you're Joe Rogan's and people like that. Those are the ones who can actually make money on this thing full time. Um, so the ads so I stay away from those those ads because they just don't pay enough and so I would try to go out and get some sponsors who basically the sponsorship money is paying for things like the bandwidth and the 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 uh podbean who um uh, is where we uh use is the um the company we use to host uh our podcast the the data for that so they I, you know in a long long story short, we don't make any money off this thing um it is a it is a labor of love and i've thought you know if there's ever a day that i wanted to get back into the media because i started out in sports media when i was in, in college in the early 2000s if i ever wanted to get back i think this could be a platform in which to launch myself into that area but at the same time i'm really afraid to do that justin because i don't want to lose my fandom and i see how so many of those in the media they get jaded to the sport and it's almost becomes it's because it's their job. They don't enjoy it anymore. And so I've always wanted to make sure that this thing was just enjoyable for me and fun. And I didn't want it to become a job. And so I don't know how much bigger we can grow without it stealing away time from my job. And my wife will be the first one to tell you that's not happening. (laughs) So it's going to be, you know, what you see is what you get with us. I mean, I'm getting into Twitter a little bit more, and we're growing there. Um, I don't know what other social media we might try. I mean, I've dipped my toe into YouTube a little bit, and that's just very time-consuming to get that. So i do not sure. I would say the next step is probably to do video with these podcasts and throw them on YouTube. But I don't know that we're there yet. It's going to take some time uh, because of uh, just – just the location where we're all at, we're all on so different areas and things of the country that it's just going to be very difficult to tie kind of try and tie that all in. But that's probably the next step, honestly with you. So great question. All right, man, I got to ask you here in closing, what does it mean to you to be a Buckeye?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, I, I feel, I feel pretty, or I say I feel really proud to, to be a Buckeye fan. You know, I, I love, I love, I've loved, I've I've the Buckeyes my whole life, and you know, I know we've got a, I know we've got a you know, great tradition, and really, really are honestly blessed to be to, to be a fan of a, be a fan of a team that's this, that's always this, uh, this elite, and this, you know, you know they always, um, you know, bring the best. So I honestly just feel kind of proud and blessed to be a, to be part of that, uh, be part of that family
1: that's awesome man i do as well appreciate you all right man as you know this is how we close out our show so this should be pretty easy for you as always be kind of another i owe someone's oh it's in sing carmen ohio with all your heart and until next time oh I owe. go bucks
4: oh come let's sing oh High praise and songs through all terrain, While our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still. Summer's heat or winter's cold. The seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show. How firm thy friendship, Ohio.
0: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.